Welcome to the Small Business Community Network podcast, your connection to the small business community. Visit us online at www.sbcncanada.org and find out how we can help your business grow. We're proudly supported by TELUS, the future is friendly, and by Prime Information Security, because business is risky enough. Hello everyone, it's Linda Ocko-Jenner here, co-founder of the Small Business Community Network with another SBCN Small Biz Podcast. Mr. Steve Bentley, Northern River Financial, is here again, our wonderful regular guest. And today we thought we'd be uh, having a little chat about entrepreneurs who make mistakes and actually share their mistakes. I actually found this article relating to the topic in the Financial Post. And it's called Canadians Hold Their Own Day of the Dead to Share Their Blunders. Hey, Steve. Good to have you How back. How are you? I'm doing well. I had my personal training again this morning and um, I feel really good. I mean, I'll be dying later, but hey, health and wellness comes first. Oh, I feel bad because I had a, a breakfast meeting in St. Jacob's and maybe I sinned a little bit on the tables, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll let and you I feel off. bad now talking to you. <laughs> is that is that one of the ma- mistakes you've made in business, Steve? <laughs> you know what? I think we've all made mistakes in businesses, and I think that's the thing is to recognize those mistakes and it's what we do with them that that is the most important thing. And that's where you know you look at this article, for example, and it's based on something out of California that was done by you know a group in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Really, all they're doing is recognizing where they do fail, and then recognizing and learning from that, and then turning a negative into a positive. Uh-huh. So I think the, the, the key piece there, and I think that the one thing in the article that I, I kind of like um, is they quote it, we want to position failure as opportunities to learn and progress. Mm. And I thought that was so smart. And it's amazing reading through this that some of the mistakes that they're talking about that some of these startups and, and some tech firms have made are really not unforeseeable. And the people have been there, done that. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we learn from it. That we we definitely, yeah. And the bit that interested me uh, when a business bails, when a, you know, a business gives up, but um, they only resurface a few years later to um, to actually sue the guy um, Wagner, and I guess. Um, this is to do with um, unreliable partners in preparation. Uh, you do need a clause in there, don't you, if you're going to make a partnership with someone, if one person does bail or leave you with a lot of debt or, or, or something, or or say if the company starts ma- making money and the person who bailed comes back. I mean, that's, that is a problem, isn't it, today, with more and more people setting up partnerships? It is, you know, I, unfortunately people would like to rely on business with handshakes and promises with handshakes, oh. but it's amazing you brought that up because I actually had that discussion a couple months ago with a client who was thinking about becoming a partner in, in accounting practice, and I said, you know, it, it's a great idea, but two things, make sure that you think about all of the scenarios that possibly could go wrong and mm-hmm. try and create the strategies and how you're going to deal with it before you go into it, mm-hmm. test drive the relationship, and make sure you've got a good back door. In this case with Wagner, there, there was not a 
good back to it. There was not a contract protecting both sides in terms of who was responsible for what. Uh, and I think that's so important. And certainly partnerships, as an example, going together, need to have a partnership agreement and they need to work out those kinks as much as they can up front so that they're not blindsided by, by somebody I, taking a different I, direction. I agree with you. You um, actually wrote an article um, your blog, one of your blog posts, and you actually shared it on the SBCN website um, a couple of months ago about this very subject. So, what can you add from your article that kind of gels with um, the one from the Financial Post? You know, it's funny. I, 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 you know, I'm liking quotes, right? So I'm going to throw one more at you, and I'm going to give you a couple of snippets from that. And it's Bill Gates, and you think the most successful and most wealthy person in the world, and his key. Is basically, it says, it's fine to celebrate success, but it's more important to heed the lessons of failure. It's so important. And I think yeah. it's what we, it's turning a negative into a positive. It's learning, okay, we made a mistake, or I made a mistake. So what is it that caused it? What can I do about it? And what can I learn from it? And so I think some of the things that come out of it certainly is, you know, the concept of change. You know, you made a mistake. You've got to make a change for the better and not just let it go. You need to figure out how to resolve it. Um, I think anybody who's an entrepreneur in business should have a thick skin as well. You know, you know what? People make mistakes. Get over it. You know, don't (laughs) don't wallow in your pity. Right. It's what you do with it. I think it also gets a a sense of grounding, too, because, you know, we look at, at just trying to thinking we're going to have this great business idea, it's going to fly, we're being successful, and then all of a sudden reality kicks in at some point, and you need to be able to take that and use it and, and try and find something you can draw from it that actually will improve your situation. And it's all part of growth. I, I think that's the other part of it. I think because you write articles about this, and you know, so do other people, including you know the Financial Post, it helps people realize we are all human. Um, I meet a lot of newer small business owners, and um, I tell them some of the mistakes I made. And I think uh, one mistake I didn't make was knowing what products and services, um, you know, um, I wanted to sell and how to sell them, but also who was my target market. Because here it says in the article, spend as much time planning how to sell your product as how to build it. So basically, my um, consulting business motivational steps, I knew what I was offering, but I didn't know how to sell it. So before I started trying to sell, I practiced and I, I looked up, you know, the different demographics in my target market because a mistake, other pe- you know, a lot of people tend to make today, Steve, is trying to sell to everyone the same way. And, and that's not possible, I don't think, because we all have different needs and we've all got different personalities. And basically, I can't do the hard sell, but I've got a really good way of, of making it seem like, say say it's um, a guy from the corporate world who's really, you know, stuffy and all that kind of thing. No disrespect to the corporate guys. But I would sell to him in a different way than I'd sell to, say, someone who's um, not in the corporate world, got a small business self kind of deal. So um, I tell people about my mistakes, but um, it's about planning again. We keep going back to planning, don't we, Steve? I talk about planning every day. You know, it's funny you said that because I actually highlighted in that article that exact quote you just said, spend as much time planning how to sell as how you build your product, right? And I think that's so important in planning. You know, and a lot of the cases that we read in this article here is people not thinking about things that they need to think about, such as marketing your product, such as who you're going into business with, mm-hmm. such as having money to be able to. Cause it, and you see it a lot around here, certainly in, in the Waterloo community, you know, with, with the number of startups we have. And one of the things we talk to these people about is basically saying, look, it's great to have an idea, but 
is it a business or is it something you can sell? I mean, I can spend a lot of time being really creative and creating this, this unique high-tech solution or, or internet solution and nobody really needs it. Or I've seen it situations where it's already pre-exist. I've seen this on Dragon's Den, for example, where somebody yeah. comes up and says, here's a great idea. Well, somebody's already done that. Have yeah. you done your homework? Do you know your market? Do you know your competitors? So I think the planning is, is key. Um, planning, preparation. Um, also, um, in the article, it talks about um, another person who thought visibility would be enough. Um, I'm not sure, but 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 maybe in, in this day and age, a lot of people think to be more visible, just keep posting stuff on social media. Online. Yeah, online. Now, it is a form of marketing. It's a great way to grow your brand, as we both know. You and I do it, but that's not all there is to marketing. So um, did you ever make any you know mistakes in the marketing arena, Steve, that you could maybe share with us or know of some? We all make mistakes. And, you know, I think in, in respect of specifics, I think one example, like in our profession, we do a lot of communication and networking and that kind of thing. We talk about people's finances, and I think – one of the mistakes I've made is what other people have made doing, and that's going to a public trade show and trying to exhibit what I do and how I do it. And, you know, the, the thing I failed in there is, yeah, there's a lot of people coming by, and, and but they don't want to talk about their personal finances there. So it's really thinking ahead and thinking about the venue and thinking about how other people done it and have they been successful and really looking at seriously trying to say, okay, you know what, and you talk about marketing and visibility of it, I mean, uh, I know an IT guy who develops websites, and one of the first things he asks somebody about developing his website is, what do you need it for? In other words, yeah, just because cool. you create it doesn't mean you need it, number one. doesn't mm -hmm. tell you what type of sites you need, what it's supposed to be, and how it's supposed to be structured. But you know what? Just because you put a website out there, put marketing material out there, doesn't mean people are going to see it. No. You have to have a reason to market in a certain way, to post material in a certain way, so that people you know are going to be in that space looking for that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so that you can draw them in. It's got to be attractive, but you really have to put some real serious thought in terms of how you do that. Mm -hmm. Because visibility is not automatically there just because you throw something up on the Internet. I totally agree. Um, another thing that a lot of small business owners think is one size fits all. And so basically, um, like you, the first thing I say to small business owners, you know, have you got a plan? Are you prepared? And then I say, have you researched your competitors? And a lot of people don't research the competitors, but then they say, well, you know, everyone, everyone's my customer. Everybody's my target market. But again, one size does not fit all for the simple reason um, I'm an apple kind of person even though I live in Blackberry world and I know Blackberry isn't as, as as well known as it used to be but I chose Apple for lots of different reasons and people would choose Blackberry so basically um, it wouldn't be worth me if I was an Apple person trying to come you know to Waterloo region for instance and trying to in in the good old days with Blackberry try and stop people wanting to buy the Blackberry so what I'm saying is basically Find out who your target market is, find out their needs, and try and find out what products and services they are using at the moment to see if your products or service is going to be, you know, welcome to them if they need it. Because if our customers don't need what we're offering, as you've said, we're going to be out of business, aren't we? Yeah, you know, I, I use a very simple analogy. It's like, okay, I've decided I want to open a store that sells blue jeans, all right, but I only have one size small. 
How well do you think my business is going to do? You know, I need to be able to know that I'm selling the right product and the right quantity to the that's, right people. That's a good one. And, you know, I've done some, some mentoring on developing business plans. And the one thing we talk about is, is knowing your client, knowing your target market, knowing who you want to sell to and doing what we call a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, mm-hmm. opportunities, and threats. In other words, you need to know your competition, not only to know what they're doing and how they're doing it, but maybe finding the weaknesses, maybe finding the unique opportunities, maybe finding an area that they're not so competitive in that you have strength in. And I think we need to really know our competition as well as we think we know our customers. I I totally agree. Um, The other thing is business plans. People get scared about business plans. And um, I always tell them that, A, it's like a roadmap. It's like if we're driving somewhere, we need to know where we're going. But we can always change our mind. We don't have to stick to the business plan as it is because as we start... Um, working on our brand, we, we've, we've recognized our target market, we start working on our brand, we might want to change something in the business plan and it's a mistake to think that you can never go back and change it. You should always be looking at that business plan, shouldn't you, Steve? Absolutely. You know, uh, the business I'm in, I, I do financial and business plans for, for clients and I think I always look at it and you keyed in on it. One of the terms I actually use is concept of a roadmap, right? You need to start somewhere but you need to have some kind of direction, some kind of map to follow but Plans in general need to be fluid. They need to be dynamic. They need to be adjusted for change, for things you didn't encounter, things that you come across with also maybe good to add to the plan. And maybe something's not working and you need to make tweaks to find out what will make it work. But you know what? You're never going to be able to change your mind unless you understand what's in your mind. And I think one of the exercises is for people to go through the development of a plan to really cover off those areas that are critical to the success of a business. Mm-hmm. And that's marketing certainly the business plan itself, knowing your competition, looking at the financial plan. I think a lot of people go into business and they don't really have a lot of money to start with Mm -hmm. and they don't know where they're going to get money from. And Mm -hmm. this article draws back to venture capitalists where it talks about people have this great idea, but you know what? Just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's marketable or it's attractive to people providing you money. Exactly. And again, we learn from these mistakes. One mistake I see a lot, like for instance, you've got more than one business you're operating more than one business and they're kind of different and so am I. But what I did, I made sure that the first business I started was up and running and successful in my eyes anyhow um, before I started my second business. But I uh, tend to market them separately and they've got distinctive um, separate brands. What I see a lot of people doing is trying to focus on two businesses at the same time that have no linkage at all and then it's confusing for the people that they're connecting with and their target markets because I guess they're thinking well they've just started these businesses and they're trying to operate two of them and they're not really off the ground so do I have a lot of faith in that person as a customer as a client does that make sense to you? Absolutely you know um, like you said we, we both run several businesses and I think you know there's a very distinct difference between the two businesses that I run I, I treat them separately and I allocate time and efforts to them separately it's just completely different and I don't try to interconnect, interconnect them at all uh, I think it's important though that you know you look at the fact that you need to get off the ground you need to walk before you can run so these people that are got these great business ideas you see that as well you know people in, in, in like a high tech in a startup community where they have this idea 
And then they bounce to another idea. And then they mm. bounce to another idea. And then they wonder why they're never successful, right? <laughs> yes. Because they don't invest enough time and effort to find out there's, whether there's a valid future for that particular brand or business that they're trying to, to deal with, right? So I think one of the things the articles talked about, and I think it's big in the startup community too, is they talked about the concept of, uh, and I'll use the, the, the clean version, fouled up Fridays, right? Oh, yeah. Where they get a group of people together and they talk about, and of course we see it all the time. We go to functions and they talk about best case scenarios. Here's my success. Here's what I did right. But how often do you actually get people getting together and saying, well, this is where I failed. This is what I did wrong. And I think the thing is, by sharing that with people, you may find people who've been down that road mm-hmm. and have solutions or ideas that can help fix the situation that you found yourself in. So I think it's great to share on both sides of that equation. It is. And uh, almost ready to finish the podcast. I don't want to keep you too long, but I will add that when you are networking in any capacity at all, if someone does ask you, you know, how's business, how things are going, um, it's okay to be brave and say, you know, I'm having a few challenges, you know, I'm looking for maybe a mentor or a few tips or I'm connecting with a competitor to see, you know, maybe what I can better. Um, okay, maybe a few people will walk away from me and say, oh, I don't want to deal with that business, you know, they're not going to be successful. But in the end, honesty is always the best policy and if we can admit we've made mistakes, we're going to learn from others. I think it makes us human and people open up, up to us more. I think you attract the right kind of people that way as opposed to just those people who are trying to ride on the coattails like success. I think people see some genuine people and they're really willing to believe in them more. So where can we find the article that you wrote um, a couple of months ago, Steve? What, What was your article called again? It's called Failing Successfully, and I posted it on the SBCN website under articles in June of of this year. So Um, it really just summarizes what we talked about. And I think I'll draw one more quote if I can uh out of it. I think we'll post somebody we both love, um, Winston Churchill. And, you know, you you look back at his history and you look at where he had successes and failures. Everybody sees him as this great, ambitious, successful (laughs) person. But they need to dig back a little more and figure out that he's he's gone the same route as had some failures as much as successes. And what he said was success. Success is not final. Failure is not final. It's the courage to continue that counts. So I think the final point is don't get discouraged by making mistakes, by having some failures. It's what you do with them that makes the most and have a positive attitude to go forward. Wow, Steve, that's awesome. Um, Before we go, I always forget to do this. Do you want to remind us uh, how we can contact you at uh, Northern River Financial, either a website, email, whatever you want to share? Absolutely. You know, our website is www.northernriverfinancial.ca. Simple thing is Google Northern River Financial or Steve Bentley CFP and you'll find everything about us on the site. Nice and simple. Easy to find. You're all over the internet. We can Google you and find you. Have a lovely day, Steve, and I'm looking forward to our next podcast. All right. You have a great day. Bye. 